Well, gang, welcome back to the Coffee with Craft podcast. Today, I'm super excited. I have a really fun guest for you. His name is Ren. Ren is talking about what it means to create authentic communities of faith where grace is predominant. Ren is a really cool dude. He's a youth pastor out in Texas with gauges the size of my face. (laughs) Joking. Uh, You can fit Oreos in them, though. Learn that. And so that is really cool. But Ren is a super awesome dude. Found him on TikTok. And so his socials are going to be linked in the podcast. I'm just, guys, I'm excited for you to experience this episode. Hey, wanted to give you a quick notice about some changes happening to the show later on in the month. We'll have one more episode, then we're going to take a couple-week hiatus. Uh, This couple-week hiatus is because I am moving, and I will be uh, telling you all about the move and all kinds of stuff uh, in an episode coming up after I move but I got to just get some stuff done with that and so we have this episode and one more episode a couple weeks off and then we're going to keep jumping back into it I'll keep making podcasts if you guys keep listening to them and keep interacting with us interact with us wherever you might find us at the story of craft on Instagram follow us on YouTube uh, don't forget to click that follow and subscribe button leave us a rate all that fun stuff it is super appreciative Every time you do it, guys, every time it means the world to me. Uh, And once again, thank you for sitting down. Thank you for grabbing a cup of coffee and being a part of the Coffee with Craft podcast. Let's jump into this conversation with my new friend, Ren. Welcome to Coffee with Craft. Well, Ren, how you doing today, man? Doing pretty good so far, man. How about you? Dude, I am I am loving life. I'm living it. It's so good. It's a rainy day here in Ohio right now. So spent all of it inside working from home. I'm like, I'm not going out today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm in Texas and there's this hurricane hitting the coast right now. And so we're getting some rain too. But uh, currently, as I look out my bedroom window, it's sunny. So that's awesome. Bad. Yeah. Good stuff. So, Ren, I found you off this nifty little app. People may have heard of it. It's called TikTok. Yeah. Um, there's, it might get banned here soon, and we all might be back on Instagram. But, I know, man. <laughs> but nah, you don't are eat the bats. don't eat the bats, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you are this dude who affectionately calls himself the youth pastor with gauges, and might I say, <laughs> they are some of the coolest gauges I've ever seen. Uh, I think they're the size of my face. Like they're, yeah. they're fantastic. Uh, but I have followed you on TikTok for a while. I've really enjoyed your content. So I feel like I know you a little bit, but I still Ooh. don't know you super well yet. And so I was just wondering if you could start us off today with like the origin story of who is Ren. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about TikTok. I guess I can just put out the version of myself that I want everybody else to see. And, uh, but you know, yeah, here we are with an opportunity to get to see the, the man behind the TikTok. So there are some things that I can't hide, like the fact that I do have um, three big holes in my face, the two gauges and, and my mouth. Um, my gauges are, they're almost two inches in diameter. So they're actually the perfect size for an Oreo. So if you ever want to snack on the go, stick one right in your ear hole and, and you're good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they don't hurt at all. That's like always everybody's first question. Good Lord, does that hurt? No, it does not hurt. Slow, painless process. But but yeah, dude, I'm um, I'm a six foot six uh, skinny dude um, who loves Jesus and my family, and um, I, I guess if you want the origin story, I mean, 
I, I don't know how far back you want me to go. Like with just with ministry or just kind Dude, of share whatever you want to share open and honest. Yeah. Well, I, I'm an open book. So, um, cause I think it, I think it matters um, yeah. to people to hear like truth and authenticity. Like, yeah, what you were describing earlier. And, um, you know, growing up, dude, my, my, my parents, um, were drug addicts and, and alcoholics mm. and it was, it was rough. I'm one of three boys. I'm the middle child, my older and younger brother. And, uh, you know, there was always this fighting and violence and, and stuff going on. That was like the house we grew up in. And, and, but my parents always took us to church for some reason. Like, I don't even know why. I don't even think they're Christians. <laughs> they just took us to church because it's like what you do in America and Texas. So, um, but I remember like they would be fighting dude. And then like, as soon as they walked into a church, um, they would be good. And then we'd leave the church and they'd be back to fighting. So all mm -hmm. I knew as a kid was like, church is where um my parents are not fighting and it's like a happy place i was like i don't know what's going on inside that that building but it's good and i like it and so yeah. from that point on I, I was just really drawn to the church and i accepted christ when i was seven even though i had no idea what that meant and i used church as kind of my escape and all through elementary middle school high school i just got as involved with the church as i possibly could i just wanted to do like everything church but i didn't have like a great example at home so it was kind of that, that back and forth, you know what I mean? Of, of like yeah. trying to be a good person, but like eh, on the weekends though, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do what I want and then I'll pray for forgiveness later. And that took me all the way up into college. And yeah. I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And I talked to my pastor at the time and I was like, I think I might want to go into ministry to like help people who have rough families and who are misunderstood and who are just different misfits and outcasts and stuff. And he looked at me, dude, and he was like, he was like, if you can do anything else, do that. And I thought, what, what kind of pastor? That's like the worst, you know, job recommendation ever. <laughs> hey, I want to do this for us. Like, if you can do anything else, do that. So um, I was like, okay. So I tried to do anything else and I changed yeah. my major. I went to Blinn, which is the junior college of Texas A&M. And, and I tried to do anything else and nothing else worked. I have, I'm like, I'm not good. I'm not great at anything. Like I'm good at a bunch of random junk, but I'm not great at anything. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And I hit this rock bottom of like depression. I was self-harming. I was drinking, um, alcohol that is a lot. And, um, I was just at this low, low in my life. And I finally just surrendered to the Lord. And I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do ministry. Like I, he said, if you could do anything else, do it. I feel like I can't, I've got to go into ministry. So I dropped out of college and I enrolled in seminary school and I, I got my degree um, from my seminary degree in, in uh, Christian education and theology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dude married my high school sweetheart <laughs> and, uh, we started, you know, we bought a house, started having kids, and I got a job as a youth pastor and where I still am at a church plant called Legacy Church. It was just beginning. They had three students. They're like, we need a youth pastor to lead these hooligans. There's three of them. I mean, it's getting out of control. And I was like, <laughs> I'm the guy. And so that's where it all started. And and I've just, my family and I have been doing that ever since. Our family has evolved a lot since then, but but my heart beat for for reaching students particularly who remind me of, yeah. kind of like who I was as a kid, you know, um, that just, I've, I've just devoted my life to that and we're doing it 
together now to this day. Dude, that is awesome. Such a cool and powerful story uh, behind the man of the cool TikToks. So that's really awesome, dude. Uh, hey, so one thing I loved about you is that one of one of the first TikToks I saw from you was this one where it was addressing judgmental mm. Christians yeah. uh, in the world. And I kind of, I sent you an email because I wanted to have a conversation with you around that topic today. Because I think uh, whether it's your appearance or whether it's your past or whether it is maybe something you retweeted or posted on Facebook or whatever, Christians have a harsh way of being in their personality sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the nice way to put it. That is it. a really nice way to put it. Yeah. Uh, we, we can be kind of jerks if we're just being honest. Um, oh, a hundred percent. I agree. And I'm guilty of that sometimes too, for sure. Absolutely. And I know I've done it and I know I've made the mistake of judging people, but I was kind of curious uh, just from your perspective, what has been your experience with judgmental Christians? And why do you think, uh, that Christ followers can be some of the first to judge and can be some of the harshest judges out there. That's good. I, I mean, my, my experience with judgmental Christians, it's, it goes back as far as I can remember because yeah, my, like I mentioned, my parents were, were like, they were like the black sheep of their respective families. And so um, they, their, their families were actually really religious. Like, um, and I use that word, intentionally like my dad came from church of christ like his family just deep in the church of christ church right yeah um and so that's that's no jewelry you know uh it's really it's really well i don't know if you know church of christ you know what i'm talking about and uh not a lot of i guess open-mindedness and like grace for people who look different and they have a reason for believing that and i, I get that and then my mom's side is really conservative like uh that wealthy spectrum baptist uh church vibe so that's like where they came from and they were the rebellious ones who got together got into some <laughs> gangs like you know like screw you families and then they met in that like rebellion and yeah. had us so so Every time, man, we went to Thanksgiving or Christmas or anytime it was anything with extended family, it was always that judgment I was feeling from Christians because that's that was everyone else, my cousins, my aunts, uncles, everything, and 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 like me, I love I'm taking after my mom and dad, so I'm getting like I'm dressing all you know like a skater, my hair is dyed a whole bunch of different colors, I got piercings when I was in high school, and I got tattoos as fast as I could, and man, like my family on both sides just they had an opinion about it and there was all this distance they would let us know how they felt about it and that's that's some of my earliest memories and it didn't get any better the earlier i got and you start to get out and uh on your own and and into churches yeah. and everything and, and you get that a lot from people and, and now especially like you were mentioning tiktok every day i would say right now i get um I'll, I'll get a, a DM or a comment or, or something. Even people will find me on other social media platforms just to go off on me. And they talk about how, yeah. Wow. It's, it's like, yeah, I know that it's like, they're going out of their way just to, to be judgmental. It's like, this is not even convenient judgment. Like we're going to be uh, out of our way for it. And they'll uh, tell me I'm a false prophet, that I'm a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, that I'm going to hell. I think someone told me I'm going to hell to, today, this morning or something. Um, 
Dang, that's a that's a way to wake up. <laughs> yeah, good morning. You're going to hell. <laughs> Super. Um, so yeah, no joke. But that's that's been my experience with judgmental Christians, and it's it's, yeah. it's crazy. You you tap their profile and you go see them, and um, it's it's all like you know Bible verses, this imagery about God and Jesus, and how I just want to love people and spread the gospel and the good news. It's like, aren't you the person who just commented on my thing that like you know warning everyone not to listen to me because i'm a false prophet and and because of how i look and stuff and there's no further basis for that assertion it's just it's sad and it, it doesn't do um the community of christians like the capital c church yeah or uh on looking non-believers any favors man it, it just sets us all back and it's it's sad i'm like man People are watching us be disunified right now. And the chances of them ever wanting anything to do with the Jesus we're both claiming to love, yet we're having this division, it's uh, it's just pushing them further away. And it's sad. Absolutely. It's super, it's super sad. And I think, man, you see it all the time, even in mainstream Christian media, where a Christian artist or a Christian author or somebody will say something different or that the masses deem as wrong. And they're so quick to take this person that they once put on a pedestal than to just vilify them, you know? Yeah. Based off a moment um, with no broader context. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> what happened to him. One minute they were saying, Lord, Lord, then the next it's crucify him. And, and, but with it, I, that's hard, man. Like for me, I've had to do a lot of mental gymnastics with it because yeah. the, the first video I ever posted, it like, it went kind of locally viral, I guess. And I didn't even ask for it to, like, I was just making a video for fun and yeah. like edgy Christian memes reposted it and some other large meme Christian meme accounts and circulated all over the place. And with that was like my first experience with people just railing on me because of the way that I looked. Like they don't know me. Um, they just know what I look like. And, and um, I, I, I had to like, work through it in my head and my heart. Cause I was really sad for a long time. Like it really hurt my feelings and it made me, yeah. it sucked. And, uh, I had to get to this place where I, where I am now. And you, you kind of asked like, why do you think Christians are so judgmental? And I, I really believe that they have good intentions and I don't know if I have to tell this to myself to make myself feel better. Yeah. But I, I think that they deeply believe what they believe and it's different. There are different denominations that have different, you know, core fundamental beliefs and different sacraments and all this stuff. And, and, uh, they're trying to do what's right. That's what I think. I, I really do. I just like every parent tries to do the best they can with raising their kid. And it's like, well, some parents are not so great, but I think they're doing the best they can. And I think that's the same is true with Christians. Like it might not be their fault that they were taught one thing that like a, a guy with piercings or tattoos or who wears girl jeans which I do, um, <laughs> is going, is going to hell. Um, right. If, if they were taught that and they believe that and, and then they're just trying to like, you know, uh, exhort a, a brother in Christ and, and they're out here trying to like help correct falsehood in the name of Jesus. And, and they really believe it. I'm like, I respect that. And I think there's yeah. a place in the great commission for that, but I would like the same respect in return that like, don't you think that there might be a place in the Great Commission for someone who looks like me too? Mm. And, and so 
Um, cause I, I want to offer that to, to people who think differently than me. And I would just, I would just like it in return, I guess. That's yeah. all I ask. No, absolutely. And I think, man, I think you're right on the nose that I think there are a lot of good hearted people out there, you know, people with great intentions, yeah. but I think so often, uh, and maybe Christians especially is that we forget, um, that criticism, like especially really deep, meaningful criticism to the core of who a person is, mm. should probably only come out of an actual relationship with that person. Yeah. Once you know their story, right? Because it's so easy for me to sit and judge a book by its cover, right? Like I've been judged so many times just off my appearance of being overweight, right? Like mm. people, but then if people got to sit and know my story and hear of like, Oh man, he like lost his dad at 15 and went through some crazy depressive stuff and took him years to get out of that. Like, you know, like sitting and listening to the story, they go, there's so much more context here than just a fat dude, you know? (laughs) Um, Right. And there's there's probably so much more context to you, even behind the context you've given us besides just a dude with gauges, you know? Um, And so I think so much, and I think that's my problem with Christian criticism from a large standpoint is that we neglect relationship, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, one of the core values of our church actually is, is everything through relationships. It's mm. because, and, and it's so important. I've seen it. We've cashed in on it so many times. In fact, I had a person recently apologize to me and I get this every once in a while too, which I'm like, there's hope in this for me where I'll go speak in a different church or I'll, uh, you know, what this, that, or the other, and someone will, approach me afterwards and they'll message me afterwards and they're like yo man i'm not gonna lie like i saw you and i thought one thing and i thought this is gonna be terrible like this guy has no right to speak to me or whatever communicate the word of god and and but then after you did i heard um like just the passion of your heart and like the word that god spoke through you and they're like i was i was wrong and i i'm sorry and i think man i there's nothing greater than that right there. I'm like, that changed a whole person's worldview and perspective. And, and I'm like, yes, Lord, please, like more of that. If I can just exist on this planet to, to help people open their mind and to realize like there's more to a person than what they look like, yeah, which is such a simple concept you would think, but it's, it's hard for us to get past um, the surface and, and the cover of a book, you know, or whatever. And, but if you can just assume that there's more before right. you make the um, assumption that, you know, the outward appearance is representative of what's on the inside. Like give people the benefit of the doubt first. And right. then, you know, that I think that would be like really helpful for all of us everywhere. Yeah, man, such good stuff there. Uh, kind of, I want to piggyback off of that a little bit because one of my core values in life is that I believe everyone belongs and everyone has a seat at the table before they believe anything I believe um, before they buy into anything about who I am or anything about what I'm about. Like they have a space at my table. Um, And that comes, you know, directly from the way Jesus himself lived his life. Right. He, he sat down with tax collectors, prostitutes, other sinners way before they believed. Right. Like Zacchaeus's story is that, you know, like, he sees this tiny dude in a tree who's mean to everybody. And he says, I want to hang out with you. And Zacchaeus belongs at Jesus's table 
and with Jesus before he even believes in Jesus and experiences life change. And I think in our world today, we need more of that. And so I'm curious from your perspective, how can we as Christ followers create authentic communities where people feel like they belong before they believe and aren't greeted with shame, right? Because judgment comes with shame, yes. but are rather treated with grace. Yeah, I, to, to put it simply, I think it, it, is, it is simple, um, to, the concept, but it's harder to do. But at its core, yeah. I think it's, it's to be, we've got to be imitators of Christ. And mm. Ephesians 5, it says, you know, be an imitator of God, like walk in love, give up your life for um, for others, just as like Christ gave up his life for you and like elevating others above yourself, just like he did, even if you um, don't like the way they look, even if you disagree with some choices they've made, like you got to think like Christ still loves us all. He still died for us all, whether yeah. you're sinning in a type of way, whether you look a type of way. He said this free gift of salvation is for all, and, and we're called to be imitators of that. So to exclude um, anyone for anything would not be Christ-like. Um, and so <laughs> at its core, it's just it's just that, I think. And then you, you got to look at the great commandment where uh, Jesus said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, like we got to practice that, and it's like, who's my neighbor? And he goes off and tells that whole parable, but it's like, bro, everyone's your neighbor, and and including in this, especially the weird, like I use the air quotes, the, the weird person or the person that you wouldn't associate with, or the person in a different um, social class as you or whatever, like especially them, that's your neighbor. And then Paul said like the same thing. He was just like, well, he took it to kind of another level. He's like, love everyone with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another or, or like, you know, outdoing one another in honor. And and like, like you mentioned, like they didn't have to do anything first for you to earn that honor. Like they didn't have to do anything first to earn that, that seat at the table or to earn that love or the, the brotherly affection. Like you're a part of the family. It's like, what did they do? Nothing nothing yet you but you're already extending that to them in the first place and it's like if we can start there i think the problem is that we we want to try to get there with people if they can Mm. earn it instead of starting there with people (laughs) and man yeah let's start there is how i feel and and just open our minds a little bit um to the heart of people if you want to be christ-like um i mean he he looks at the heart of the person. Yeah. Right. Like he's not swayed by the outer appearance, especially people who see me, they don't know, but it's like, I, I have big holes in my ears and stuff because it enables me to have conversations with people who might not otherwise have a conversation about Jesus Christ. Like they're not going to have a yeah. combo with a dude in a slicked back haircut and a suit, but they'll have a conversation with me. So I want to learn theology. I want to learn scripture just as much as the guy in the suit so that I can have that same conversation except mm. for look a different way um, and maybe earn some trust with, with that demographic. And so like, we just got to open our minds um, and realize that, that like it's the heart that we should be concerned with, not the surface because that's, that's Christ-like. That's what Jesus does. That's what he did. And I'm thankful for that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> giving people a, ch- a chance before you make an assumption. And I think, the majority of the time people will surprise you 
I think, you know, hearing this, Christians might be like, oh, what about, you know, whenever you give someone a chance and they burn you and it turns out that they're just like the stereotype. (laughs) Well, yeah, dude, like we're sinners in a fallen world. Like it's going to happen for sure. But how many times do you want Christ to forgive you? Just because your sin's in secret doesn't mean, I don't know. It's like Jesus doesn't, he doesn't get sick of forgiving us. He's like, he will forgive us infinitely. He already has. And right. we got to be that way. And, um, and we got we to gotta take that chance on people because that's what Christ did for us. And um, to not, it just wouldn't be Christ-like. So that's, that's what I think. And I, I just think that people will surprise you, to be honest. I really do. Yeah, man, dude, such good stuff there. And like, even just like piggybacking off that forgiveness aspect, right? Like Mm. Jesus reminds us in scripture to forgive seven times 70, you know, like even before he died on the cross, like he urges people like you forgive and you forgive abundantly. Um, And so how much more should we have for not only each other, but for people who don't believe, you know, Um, that Jesus has set the standard that we forgive abundantly and forgiveness doesn't meet you at the door with a list of your wrongs it meets you at the door with a hug you know yeah. it meets you at the door with like welcome home we're glad you're here have yeah. a seat let me grab you a plate like that's what forgiveness meets you with and yeah. man i think if christians especially and even myself like i think about myself and how many times i haven't done that like if we can meet people at the door with that love and with that forgiveness, it changes the game. Right. And even if, if it doesn't, like, I was just thinking of the time where Jesus, um, there was the leper and he, uh, he, Jesus was like, he heals the leper. Right. And, and he's like, don't, don't tell anybody. Or I think he said to go tell the the priests or, or, or the Pharisees or something. But then dude went to the town and just told everybody, you know, yeah. I'm like, what a turkey. You just did exactly what Jesus told you not to do. And I'm like, yeah, th- there it goes. Like there's loose cannons out there sometimes. Like we're going to, we're going to try to build relationships with someone and they're just going to prove us right. I'm like, ah, classic. This type of person went off and just didn't listen. Or if there's a person who is drinking or addicted to drugs or pornography or whatever, and like, you know, you took a a chance on discipling them and then they fall right back into their own ways and then they go right back to the streets or whatever. Like that doesn't mean that, that the time that they spent with you can't be used for good just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening or didn't happen or that you didn't plant some seeds that are going to be, you know, harvested 10, 15 years down the road. Like it's not for, I don't think we, we don't live this life for like the glorification of ourselves and the reward. Yeah of of what like you know reaping the harvest of what we put in like god reaps the harvest it's for god's glory and um whether i see it or not i believe that like um even if someone goes back to their old ways like i believe that what i said what i did at that time that i welcomed them that i loved them that i accepted them and if they flipped me the bird and i never saw them again and they said i hate you and you're going to hell and i say well one day one day you'll remember this and it'll matter and yeah, maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But, um, I, I just, I believe that God's bigger than like all this petty nonsense that Christians scrap about all the time on Facebook and on, right. on social media, like you said, it's, and it's just, it's sad. It's circular and it's, uh, it's missing the point of what it mm. means to, to live this, this Christian life. We're sitting here arguing with each other when there's a lost world out there who needs the gospel. 
and then I'm like, ah, come on, man. So, yeah, people, I, I often remind myself, people don't need Eric's opinion on how they live their life. People need Eric's love and people yes. need Eric's acceptance. You know, like yeah. there's so many people in my life who I disagree with on fundamental things, you know, me too. Um, but like at the end of the day, I have to choose to look past that and say that their relationship with me matters more than what I disagree with them on. And we are better together than we are apart. And oh, so, man, yeah, preach that. Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so that is, that is some great, great stuff, man. Hey, so kind of as we close out this episode today, uh, I want to know, is there any like final thought that you want our listeners at the table to take away with them today? Um, man, you know, every, what you were just saying, um, about like just, just that people, everyone has a a seat at the table. I would just want to reiterate that and reinforce that. Mm. And and for us to just be, um, man, I, I don't have that verse off the top of my head where it's like quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Yeah. I'm not sure the reference, but you know, um, but that, (laughs) that (laughs) just whenever we, uh, we see someone who looks different, who might go about their life a little bit differently, um, assume the best first. And, um, I think we'll be surprised. You know, I've, I've found a lot more, this is sad and hard to say, and and praise God that he's kept me in the faith and, and encouraged in the faith, but I felt a lot more like grace, love, and acceptance from the gay community or from the metal community, which I'm a, like kind of grew up in just like uh, yeah. hardcore, hardcore music, you know, here outside of Austin, Texas and uh, even atheistic communities. And it's like, why, why are they better at loving and accepting and being selfless than Christians sometimes are mm. whenever <laughs> this is what we as Christ followers should be known for. And it's the temptation is to just leave the church. And, yeah. and we have a whole generation coming up who's finding love and acceptance quote unquote, in different places than the church. And we got to, we got to change that. Absolutely. So, so um, yeah, I'm going to just leave it there. I'd say. Awesome. Well, good stuff, Ren. Hey, if people want to follow you, obviously TikTok is one of the places, but where else? Yeah, I'm pretty much on TikTok. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat are my mains. I, don't, I can leave Facebook to my mom and all the other Karens out there. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that was judgmental. <laughs> Shoot, delete it. No. <laughs> Um, crap everything i said just went down the drain no but uh yeah pre- predominantly tiktok instagram and yeah and snapchat ren harpole awesome good stuff well ren thank you so much once again for being on the show today i super appreciate it yeah dude thank you for having me it was a blast awesome and hey thank you the listener today for once again pulling up a chair and having a seat on the coffee with craft podcast i'll see you next week